Good to see you all. I'm Dan. If I haven't met you, another warm welcome. It's really good to, um, to have you all here. Um, yeah, what a community. If you're new here and you've sort of come through the door and you don't feel like you know anyone, I'd really want to offer you a warm welcome. I'd love to meet you at the end. Come grab me and say hi. Um, we're just, so we're going through this series of 1 John, which is a, a letter that um, John writes to a group of house churches, and, we, and there's five chapters in it, so we're just doing a chapter a week. We're on chapter 3 today, 1 John 3. And it won't be as long a talk as it may have been in previous weeks. And hopefully it will engage you kiddos, as well as drawing in your books. I'd love a few volunteers in a moment, so that might be you. We're not going to read the whole chapter, you might be pleased to know. There's some fruity bits in it though, so if you adults want to go home and, re- and read, um, there's some stuff to wrestle with. But we're going to stick with the first three verses. Shall I read them out? 1 John 3, verse 1. It begins with that one up there. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. And that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, now we are children of God and what we will be has not yet been made known. But we know that when Christ appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. All who have this hope in him purify themselves just as he is pure. And I just want to like, we're just going to go round and round on, the, on that first verse, which Emma's kindly put up on the screen. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God. What does it mean to be children of God? So quick recap, this is written to a load of house churches around Ephesus. Um, you'll, you'll know perhaps there's another letter written to the Ephesians, and so it's a similar crowd of people. And in Ephesus, they had a really interesting culture, which was um, uh, many, many things. But just to draw out one thread, was really into what people looked like and what they could do. What people looked like and what they could do, what they could achieve, their image and their performance. And the culmination, the bizarre culmination of this, some of you may know, was um, they used to hold, like this is kind of where the Olympics was birthed, but when they did the Olympics, they didn't like put on their cool track gear, they actually took all their clothes off. Isn't that weird? So they did the Olympics, can you imagine the 100 meter sprint, the long jump into the sandpit, the pole vault, you've seen the odd YouTube video where the pole vault goes wrong, haven't you? Imagine all of that with no clothes on. Why was that? Because they wanted to show off the um, amazing physique they had and what they could do with it. What you look like and what you could do with it. And so that's this weird culture that um, John is writing into. People obsessed with what they look like and what they could do. And um, there's a dark and sinister side to this. And I can't remember if Pete mentioned it in previous weeks, but... Um, as babies were born, there was basically because people were so obsessed with like, I want, a, I want to look like this as an adult and therefore I want my child to look like this. If there was any sort of a defect in a born baby, they would be put outside the walls of the city and left out in the cold, in the wild, and um, they would lose their life. And so the, there was this whole place outside the city, which was almost... 
aside from the bizarre pinnacle of the uh, naked Olympics, this other like thing that represented actually the fullness of this mindset. That's where the sort of logical, horrible, horrible conclusion of like, ah, this baby's deformed in this day, therefore we don't want it. Therefore, let's leave them out in the elements. So that's the culture being written into. And I just wanted to, we're going to touch on a story called You Are Special by Max Licardo, which some of you, anyone know this story? Any kids know this story? I've done a little cheeky copyright infringement and screenshotted a few pictures, so we'll see to remind us. Um, so it's, a, it's actually a strange culture that's quite like the culture in that place, in Ephesus. Have so you got a first photo, Emma? This, this was a strange place, populated with people called Wemmicks. And the Wemmicks, anyone know the Wemmicks? Ring any bells? They were amazing wooden people and they were crafted by one chap called Eli. He had a craft shop. And, and he makes these Wemmicks, but they had this bizarre thing, a bit like the Ephesians, of, of always looking at what people could look like and what they could do. And if they looked really good, so if their wood was sort of nicely smoothed and well painted, then you'd go around and you'd say, oh, you look pretty good. And they had these yellow stickers or like yellow stars that they'd put on to the ones that looked good. If you looked a bit rubbish and your paint was falling off and you a bit, your wood was rough around the edges, your arm was half off, whatever, you'd get a grey dot. Yellow stars, grey dots. They had a culture, a bit like the Ephesians, that was just obsessed with what you could do and what you looked like. And the ones that could run fast, the ones that could sing silly songs and entertain and could hold a crowd or could um, had special tricks, they used to get stars. And the ones that didn't got grey dots. We are going to uh, see if we can act this out. Claire's going to help me. Could we have uh, six adults as volunteers? Anyone up for it? You don't actually have to say or do anything, but you might receive some stickers. Anyone up for it? Come on then, Will. You've broken the ice. Linda's up here. Ben's in the game. Any others? Amanda's on the way. Um, that might do. Any uh, one of Miles, you want to join? You sat on the front row, haven't you? That'll do. Right, Claire, you're going to help me. Where am I going to be? Don't know. I'll be here. You guys shuffle up. Um, we now need, I reckon, like 10 or 12 kids. Any kids who want to join in, come and uh, volunteer yourself. Come on up. Any kids? Great. Right, Claire's going to equip you with some stickers. That might be enough kids. <laughs> Great. It'll all work out. It'll be fine. Right, so gold stars and grey dots are being dished out. Pete, do you want to help dish them out? And Claire, you can start talking. Okay, guys. Right. We are... <laughs> See if you can get them off, Claire. Yep. yep, this is good. Here we go. Right. We are what? going to go and rate the people before us. We are the judges. We are going to look at these people and we are going to see whether they fit in the city or outside of the city. Let's start over here. Over here. Where are my stars, children? Guys, we're going to do it with me so that we make sure we're, we're, we're nice, okay? We're going to stay with me. 
Right, firstly, we're going to give stars because look at this wonderful blue jumper. Blue is in so much right now, so we need to just cover them in stars. That's it. Try on the arms, on the arms. Not, that's it. Well done. You are just wonderful. We love you. And look at that smile, everybody. Look at the smile. The smile's so wonderful. Goodness gracious me. That is fantastic. Bronnie, can you stay with me, babe? Because actually, we're going to reject Ben. He's out. Right, we're going to move on to number two. Wow, everybody appreciate the scarf. This is so Ephesus style right now, guys. Can we just lather with stars? Lather with stars. We love you. You are amazing. You represent us so well. Thank you for being part of our community. Well done. Right, guys, we're going to move on. We're going to move on. What are these? Who puts stars on Will CC? Oh, dear. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. Will does not represent Ephesus, guys. He, he, he can't walk. He can't walk. If you can't walk, you're out. Can you put some dots on him right now? We need dots right now. Oh, dear. Sorry. You are going outside the city. Okay. Well done. Should we move on to Ben? Okay. The children have spoken that you are loved. I mean, I do like the hat. Do we like the hat? Yeah, the hat is cool. Okay, well done. You can have some stars. Well done. Okay, and finally, can we all have a little bit of a boo, please? Marks can take it. Have a little bit of a boo. Because <laughs> when it comes to Ephesus, Green caps, absolutely not. The knitwear is like 1965. We're just not there. He's not part of us. He can't be with us. We don't want you. I'm so sorry. Okay. Is that okay? Okay, yeah. And what happens in our story? Anyone know the story? In this story, there's this chap called Punchinello. Maybe two pictures on him. Here he is. And what happens is he ends up with loads of grey dots because his paint works a bit rough and he keeps tripping over and he keeps being a bit clumsy and making a fool of himself. So people put grey dots on him. Bit like Ben. Uh, sorry. you. Yeah, it's Will, isn't it, Miles? And, um, and what happens is the more grey dots he's got, the more people are like, oh, he must be bad. So we'll put more grey dots on him. And they make it worse and worse. Anyone got any more grey dots up their sleeves? Here we go. We're going to whack on another dot. And so the judgment of others actually is reinforced as people just begin to think, well, because he's got grey dots, he must, have, he must be worth grey dots. So they put more on him. Guys, how do you feel? I'm interested in Miles. How do you feel? I actually feel fine. I quite like playing the villain. Right, okay. <laughs> Unhelpful. <laughs> I feel awful. I feel picked on. Yeah, it's hitting on everything inside me. (laughs) All right. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. We're going to get you back up in a moment. Will, don't stray too far. The authentic Punchinello. Do you guys want to take a seat? And we'll keep going just for a minute, and then you can jump back up soon. I just want to put my finger on this feeling. You guys can too as well, if you want. Do you want to sit down? Yeah, I reckon, yeah. You can stand, but... Um, 
for a moment, what, just to put my finger, because this can feel, Ephesus can feel a long time ago, and this book can feel like just a story, right? But I, as I've reflected on it this week, what does it mean to be a child of God? And what does it mean to exist in these cultures where people have really lost track of it, what it means to be a child of God? Have you ever felt, just to chuck questions out, have you ever felt like Punchinello, like this poor chap who ends up with a few grey dots and it sort of gets reinforced and he ends up actually embodying the judgment that people put on him? People have decided perhaps that you're not worth having around and not included. Um, You're sort of left out or not good enough because you don't fit the mould in a particular situation. Is there a rejection that you've experienced, whether it's just implied or actually, um, you know, vocalised? Almost that you come to believe the lie that you've got a lower value, but it's based on the judgment of others. That's one. The other is thinking of like, have you ever found yourself trying to get the stars like they did in this world? They're like, well, I don't want to end up with dots. I want to end up with stars. I want to end up the positive judgment received uh, by the people around me. So I'm going to pursue that, you know, to put effort into impressing people, to doing life well, to doing the things that um, other people will enjoy and approve of. And it ends up actually robbing you of joy. Um, I think it's like President Roosevelt who said, comparison is the thief of joy. The more and more we compare ourselves with others, you're like, I kind of got to be like that to fit in there, to act like this. We actually just rob ourselves of joy. And the last one, and I'll tell you a little story about this in my own life, but it's just the, um, the way that we actually judge others. Because I think if we're all honest, this plays out in our minds. There's a, at least a subconscious and often a conscious track of judging other people. We place greater or lesser value on others based on what they look like, what they wear, what they can do and what they cannot do, who they can hang out with, what their hobbies are, what they can do for fun. Are they cool hobbies or are they a bit nerdy? Um, Where they live, um, what they're good at. Are they good at sort of telling stories? Are they interesting? Are they, you know, are they the life and soul of the party? Are they people that... um, even actually listen to us and love us well, like good characteristics. All of those things, we, we make judgments on people constantly, which is fine, it's sort of natural, but it's like we often go to the next step of like the value we place on those people is divine by the judgment we've made on them. And just to tell you this story, when I was at school, kids, has anyone had a nickname? Anyone had a nickname at school? I ended up with, I had a silly nickname because the kids found out that instead of shower gel, for some reason, you just grow up with the family you grow up in, don't you? And my family always used like a bar of soap, which back then was not cool. And so I, for some reason, in some conversation, they found out I used like a bar of soap rather than shower gel. And I ended up getting called Grandad. So in like year six or something, I was, no, year nine, I think I was, I was granddad because I used soap. And then also people clocked, I had like probably an above average number of moles. I don't have loads of moles, but like a slightly more than average number of moles. And then there was this, so, and then there was this situation where 
My art teacher, does this ever happen to any of you kids? My art teacher gave us too much homework. So he said, you've got to copy this picture. And I was like, if I copy that picture well, it will take me 10 hours. And my art homework's going to take me half an hour. So I used to do one corner of it really well. And then I'd hand it back in and he'd have a go at me. And then, but, and then my class used to say, stop moaning, Miles, because I'm Dan Miles. Stop moaning, Miles, about the number of art home, you know, the amount of art home we got. And you can imagine moaning, Miles, good alliteration, it stuck. And so very quickly I became moaning, Miles. Moleville Miles. Moaning Moleville Miles. And so that was, that was my, a few grey dots that I received. But I just want to tell a little story, which is, all, I'm always like reluctant to share it, because it, I just actually felt as I was writing this, God brought it to mind. But there was a chap in our class, this was in year six, and um, yeah, I, I loved year six and sort of had some friends and we had like a good little class. But there was this chap in it who um, had maybe, let's say, a different sense of humor to the average person in the class. Um, he, we used to play football in the, at lunch with a tennis ball, which is odd. They only let us use a tennis ball. But he was just not very good at it. And, so, and there were just a few things where he just was a bit different. And before you knew it, essentially, he got judged by the rest of the class. Any kids have that feeling like, can you imagine, is there a person in your class who like, oh, he just doesn't quite fit in. And this chap, almost the more that he didn't fit in, the more he embodied that role and he played up to it. And the more he ended up being a bit more different and the more he got judged by others. And you can imagine that sort of a scenario playing out. And it came to Christmas, and this, this chap, I think in just an effort to reach out, just started giving, he gave the whole car, uh, class a Christmas card, wrote their name in it, gave the whole class a Christmas card. And the saddest thing happened, because it had got to the point, it, in our analogy, where he'd got so many grey tots where people got his Christmas card, and they were like, oh, I don't really want that card, it's from him. And it went in the bin, and I'm sad to say, I did the same. I sort of got swept up in this thing of like, I oh, yeah, don't really, not really bothered about that card, put it in the bin. I've got a real like vivid memory of the feeling of my teacher pulling them out of the bin and being like, what is going on? This is, and he like really called us out as a class. And I remember sitting there being like, yeah, what on earth has happened here that I've, you know, that I've even got caught up in this. And it just really like, I think, you know, I was a, basically a fairly friendly kid, but I just got caught up in this judgment of someone in our class and isn't it easy to do that to get caught up in it and um to judge people's worth whether are they like us do we get on with them easily are they kind to us do they fit them do they fit the mold um there we go i'll leave you that challenge we need um i just want us to imagine our little our community and we've got all our gray dots and stars and imagine there's one person called um, Amanda. <laughs> no, sorry. Who did you ask? You asked Margaret. <laughs> called Margaret. Slight technical hit. Called Margaret, who actually, for some reason, Margaret, do you want to come to the front? We've all got our dots and our stars because we've accrued them for life. But Margaret somehow doesn't have any dots and stars on her. Should we give her a round of applause? How has this happened? An amazing, godly lady. And have we got a picture, Emma, of, um, in, this, in this story, there's a, there's a Lu- next one, um, a Lucia, after the black slide. 
There's a Lucia. And Punchinella, who's covered in his grey dots, he meets her and he's like, what's going on? Where are your dots? Where are your stars? And Claire, should we have a quick go? You still got them? I'd like to put a star on Margaret because I love your glasses. Is that all right? No? But it falls off. It fell off. Why didn't it stick, guys? That's odd. But I'm going to say... I'm not a fan of the way that Margaret doesn't like to sit down. She likes to stand up all the time. Not a fan of that. Oh, that dropped off as well. What on earth is going on? Okay, and like Lucia, this is it. We're always going to see, was this analogy going to work or not? And here we are in this moment. <laughs> like Lucia, there are no dots or stars stuck on her. And, and um, Punchinello's like, what is going on? And Margaret slash Lucia tells the story and says, actually, I, the dots only stick if you let them. I go and see the maker. Remember that all the Wemmicks are made by Eli. She says, I go and see Eli every single day, which I'm sure is what you do, Margaret. You find yourself on your knees going to see God every single day. So thank you. <laughs> Let's give you a round of applause. Let's honour Margaret as an amazing woman of God. I just want to read the end bit from this book, because it's pretty good. Um, basically, you can imagine Punchinello's curiosity has peaked. So he finds his way up the hill into the workshop where Eli lives. Eli's the guy who's made them, all these Wemmicks. He goes in there, he's a bit scared, and then he tries to leave. And then Punchinello, the voice deep and strong, calls out. Punchinello stops. Punchinello, how good to see you. Come and let me have a look at you. He turns slowly and looks back at the large bearded craftsman. You know my name? The little Wemmick asked. Of course I do. I made you. Eli stooped down and picked him up and set him on the bench. Mm, the maker spoke thoughtfully as he looked at the grey dots. Looks like you've been given some bad marks. I didn't mean to, Eli. I really tried hard. Oh, you don't have to defend yourself to me, child. I don't care what the other Wemmicks think. Emma, we've got some pictures to go with it. Don't worry. Um, you don't? No, and you shouldn't either. Who are they to give stars or dots? They're Wemmicks just like you, and, they, and what they think doesn't matter. All that matters is what I think, and I think you are special. Punchinello laughed. What, me? Special? Why? I can't walk fast. I can't jump. My paint is peeling. Why do I matter to you? Eli looked at Punchinello, put his hands on those small wooden shoulders and, sm and spoke very slowly. Because you're mine. That's why you matter to me. Punchinello had never had anyone look at him like this, much less his maker. He didn't know what to say. Every day I've been hoping you would come, Eli explained. I came because I met someone who had no mark, said Punchinello. I know she told me about you. Why don't the stickers stay on her? The maker says, because she decided that what I think is more important than what they think. The stickers only stick if you let them. What? The stickers only stick if they matter to you. 
The more you trust my love, the less you care about the stickers. You'll understand one day. You've got a lot of marks. For now, just come to see me every day. And that's the line that really stuck out to me. Just come to see me every day. Your creator, your father. Remember verse 1? What great love the father has lavished on us. Just come to see him every day. Eli lifts Punchinello off the bench and sets him on the ground. Remember, Eli said as the Wemmick walked out of the door, you're special because I made you and I don't make mistakes. Punchinello didn't stop, but in his heart he thought, I think he really means it. And when he did, one of his grey dots falls to the ground. Isn't that a great little story? I just want to finish um, really with two verses and then a quick thought on baptism. Because in just a moment we're going to baptize Oscar. But when, because anyone know the story in the Old Testament when Samuel's picking a king and God says to David this verse, he says, The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but God looks at the heart. God doesn't value us based on what we look like and what we can do, and we shouldn't either. Those dots, um, as the more we come to know that and believe it, those dots don't stick to us. The solution to the muddle we find ourselves in, often perhaps feeling worthless, or often perhaps striving to be accepted and proved by others, or a continuous sort of thing in the back of our minds where we judge others is to go each day to our Creator, our Father in Heaven, to receive His words. You are special because I made you, and I don't make mistakes. See what great love the Father has lavished on us, that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. Isn't that great?